0: Everyone, welcome to another episode of Property Players. I'm your host, C. Muzan. Got another great guest here for you. Again, another lady we just got connected on social media that's becoming a theme for those of you that follow the podcast, because where else are we going to find great people, right? If we're not going out and shaking hands, the other place to go is social media. And you get a chance to run across some really good people, people that are, again, in the industry, making things happen, have goals, pushing towards those goals. So this is another young lady that I have here with me that, like I said, we just got connected, but uh, excited to hear more of her story and share it with all you listeners. So uh, Ms. Sharon, Nikki, thank you so much for for, uh, coming onto the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Pleasure's mine. Pleasure's mine. So, you know, over here on Property Players, we just jump straight into it. So I'm just going to go directly and tell me a little bit about you. Give me the origin story, right? Leading up to the real estate time. Take me back to where you came from, how you kind of grew up, high school, college, if you did that stuff, and then what led you into real estate?
1: wow okay so you want to go back let's okay. go back <laughs> all right all right well um so if we go back um uh, let's go back let's just go back to high school because everything before that i don't really remember too much but if we just go back to high school i was always a very talkative energetic young woman and i initially wanted to be a supermodel um now I am definitely a little bit more advanced in age. So when I was young, Beverly Johnson, Iman, and Grace Jones were models. And I, you know, I wanted to be them. Um, and I went out on those sees and I quickly found out I was not tall enough. Um, I had a very great, but plain look. For African-American models at the time, you had to be extraordinarily beautiful or you had to just be very striking in some way. And you definitely had to be tall because I was focused on runway modeling and I didn't have either of those. So, you know, my feelings were hurt. So I just went on about life. I'm still talkative, energetic, went to, you know, high school, graduated, didn't go straight into college, went straight into work muffled around in a few um, positions, um, administratively, I did some um, sales in the garment industry. And then I ended up um, eventually in investment bank. Um, I love to talk, so it was kind of a natural fit. And I also got to be loud because you have to be loud on the trading floor. And it was the only job as an administrative professional where you have to scream at your boss. So <laughs> I was in heaven. And um, by that time, um, a lot of the money I made, I used to use um, just for a maid. I used to have a maid come every week. That was my kind of um, vice, if you want to call it. So I did that for a lot of years. And I'm actually still an administrative professional. But um, when I was at KPMG, which is a large accounting firm, the partner that I was supporting at the time, was retiring. And during my annual review, he knew that I was just finishing up my undergrad at NYU in business. And he knew that I wanted to do something else. And he said, you know, what do you like to do? I said, I like to talk. (laughs) So he said, you should try real estate. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I really didn't think anything of it. I mean, I did think a lot of it. I, I know he thought it was just, um, part of conversation, but it really impacted me. And I went and investigated and looked at how to get my real estate license. Um, and, you know, I had extra money on my credit card because you have to have your credit in intact when you go back to school. And I went back to school as an adult. Um, so I had, you know, good credit. I had money burning on my credit card. And I said to myself, you know what, get your license. If you make the money back, it costs you to get your license and the two suits you bought to interview, then this might be for you. Absolutely. And I did it without any effort. And I didn't even realize until one day I stopped and thought about, it. I was like, wow, like I just made back a thousand dollars, like without even thinking about it. Yeah. And, um, it was only rentals, you know, but it was. It sparked. It, it spark the interest. I was like, "Wow, it's something I know how to do." It feeds everything that I love about me. I love to talk. I love to feel important, and I love to help people. Wow. So that's how it all started. That is
0: awesome. That that yes. is. And again, it's always important. And I do that because it's important to hear people's story, how they get into the industry, what they see, because everyone sees something different. Everyone has a different different experience as they come into you know, whatever industry that they choose to be in, but specifically real estate, they all, they might see someone, it might just be like from your side, someone just says, hey, have you ever thought about getting a real estate license? And that right there was like, oh, maybe actually, let me take a look at that. And you found that it was the place for you, right? So before before that, did, did you know anyone in real estate? Like even in the investment banking world, was that like common did you know did you have a sphere, a sphere of influence that like was in the real estate side
1: um not in the real estate side from the perspective of sales um Mm -hmm. but I did um I used to work um at Fidelity Investments um I worked in operations and back office and I I got my series six license and um one of the managers had told me, he said, you would be a very good salesperson because you like to help people. You don't focus on selling anything. You just want to help people. And I thought about it. And then at the time they were making straight commission. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely afraid of that. I said, you know what? I have no, you know, I, I cannot do that. I need to have that consistent income to live in New York. It's expensive. Sure. And I still had that fear you know, when I was introduced to real estate, but what I did not realize is nobody said you have to quit your job. Right. <laughs> you can still do it. And right. I mean, it, I had to really convince a real estate broker in New York to hire me. Like when the first broker that hired me, I really had to convince him yeah. that I was worth, you know, hiring. Because yeah. everybody was telling me no. Mm. Um, at the time, you know,
0: in 2000 why was it was it just the industry at the time was it you having a job like what
1: what do you think it was it was a combination of both at the time you know real estate professionals needed to be 100% available you know and if you were part-time you know you needed to be more available during the weekdays not just the weekends and um, it was just a different climate climate and it's funny the broker that i work with now because i still have a nine to five um he said the only reason why he changed his mindset about it because he did have an agent that was only working part-time and they were making money Mm. and then he started to look he was like wait a minute somebody could just work 20 hours a week and make money if they're consistent and um it's just amazing how a lot of things have changed. There's a lot more real estate salespeople in New York that have full-time jobs. And yeah. not just with my broker, you know, at other firms too, yeah. because it's definitely a, a change of climate,
0: yeah. you know? Reality- about- no, I was gonna say, let's, let, let's talk about that because that's, you yeah. know, un- understanding kind of, you've been in the industry for, you said about, about 20 years now, yeah? So you've seen- Is there-
1: Wait a minute, it's 2010.
0: Ten down to ten, so so I mean 11, like that's, ten 11, years, 11, okay. 10 years, yeah, right. something like that. So not that yeah. far, right? But but either right. way, um, but but that's but, a
1: long enough view.
0: Exactly, and you've seen a cycle or two, right? Like through there, you've seen the landscape change, you've seen the climate change. So coming into real estate, how has it changed? Like coming in, what was it now that you're here? What do you see? Some of the biggest differences are.
1: Well, I mean, the biggest difference. The biggest differences is is of course, you know, economic cycles, you know, whenever there's a dip, you know, it gives everyone a a chance to change perspective like we're going through now. Um, So when I first came in, you know, this was right after the, the big dip in what, 07, 08. I mean, my class was full of mortgage brokers that were making like 200,000 the year before, and now they were just only making 25,000. I had classmates at NYU. A lot of them had came back to school because marriages had failed. Second homes have been foreclosed on. So for a lot of people, it was a disaster. Even my broker that I'm with now, he actually got his license during the whole breakdown. Wow. so it was just an opportunity to change. And I, I feel like I came in on the right time just because, you know, I had a good, I had a good idea. They saw, you know, my presentation. Um, I convinced them that, and at the time I, I did, I, you know, I have a lot of corporate clients. I know corporate people. So, you know, this is what I bring to real estate right now. And that so, makes you,
0: and that, that makes you valuable to a, to, to a broker, right? Like right. at, at the end of the day, that broker has got to know like, Hey, how are you bringing in business? How are you do, how do you get clients? Cause it can't be all relied on the broker. Like you have to bring that to the table. So you, I mean, can't... I'll
1: just clarify. I really didn't, you know, I didn't say I had clients, but what I said, I, I presented a plan to get clients. Absolutely. And that was the thing as a real estate professional. Most brokers are not expecting you to make a lot of money, especially when you're new right out of school. They're not expecting you to make money, but what they are expecting you to do is have some sort of plan because being a real estate professional is not, it's not a nine-to-five job. You don't get paid a salary. You don't get paid any benefits. There is some training, but it is very much like the training of, let's say, if you buy a McDonald franchise, they tell you you know, okay, these are the type of burgers you have the buns, but you have to pick your location, you have to pick your marketing strategy, you still have to do all of those things. So, that is really what being a real estate professional in New York is. And I will say, New York is different in other markets because it constantly changes. The demand is always very high. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's a buyer's market or so a seller's market. Like right now. I feel like it's a toss up right now because it's probably more, more, more weight for buyers because buyers have, you know, of course mortgage rates are low, buyers have more opportunities to put in bids. Sellers are right now that need to sell. They pretty much have to sell whatever the buyer is saying Mm -hmm. um, right now. So it is more of a buyer's market, but if you are a seller, there's a lot of buyers out there
0: i'm sure i'm sure like trust me i've been talking to like i said i have a bunch of people in the industry and every market's a little bit different but the consensus across the board is that like it's a seller's market right now right like if you're gonna if you're gonna like put your home up like you're gonna get offers within the day or the next day or the week right. you're gonna have a bunch on the table
1: right and i mean if you're a smart seller and you listen to your to your real estate professional you'll put your price down a little bit lower so you can kind of create a frenzy. It's almost like creating your own market. So you put the price down a little bit lower and then you get a lot of offers and then people will go over what you're offering. So you can probably get close to what you're asking.
0: Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. And, that, and that, again, working with the right real estate professional is going to help you understand that, those, those sides of what to list on so or how to list. Um, take take me to New York, 2020, crazy year, right? Crazy pandemic year. Woo! We heard there Everything was a ma- <laughs> We heard there was a mass exodus, from what I heard, right? Just a bunch of people just getting out of town. What was your experience from an insider um, in New York during last year's pandemic?
1: I will say that it was there was an exodus. See, mass is subjective because. Apartment sales and rentals were still happening for bigger apartments. And that's the other misconception about New York. There are big apartments here. There are lots of big apartments here, but they are very expensive. I mean, like now, which is an unusual situation now, there are, let's say a two bedroom, two bath apartment in New York, really big and spacious, rents for like 10 grand. Right now, landlords are paying my fee. Before that was unheard of. Wow! You know, usually when you get into when you get into a New York City apartment above five thousand dollars, you're almost guaranteed you're going to pay a broker fee. Right. But now you have some, you know, some apartments in New York that are, you know, you don't have to pay any fee at all. And I mean, like ten, like 10, between ten 000 and twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, I double check my email. I'm like, is this right? They are paying my broker fee. And, you know, that's one of the extremes in New York. Now, people that are below that, which is a good majority Mm -hmm. of people, they are, you know, leaving New York, coming out to New Jersey, because they're realizing that, one, there's more space. The commute sometimes is actually not as bad, because I lived in the Bronx for a a couple of years, and my sister, my, um, my sublet had went out, so... I stayed with my sister in the Bronx and at the time I was working um, downtown in lower Manhattan and I got to tell you that train ride from the Bronx to lower Manhattan was like an hour like it was just a lot and someone suggested I look in Newark and they were like oh it's you know it's 20 minutes into Manhattan on the path train and I tried it and I said wow okay and I thought I was only going to be out here for a year or two and I was going to come back to New York, but I'm still here like 15 years later.
0: <laughs> and it's
1: great. It's great. It's it's a very short commute. Um, The few times that, you know, if I want to go out in Manhattan and, you know, in my high heels, I just get in my Uber. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And people pe- people
0: pay for. I mean, it, the convenience of it. Right. The convenience of making sure that like you can live in a completely different state and still be able to get to New York, and I think that's a, a, again a trend that we're seeing happen all over. I, I used to live in California, right? So I saw a lot of people over in you know last year in 2020 they moved to they moved to Nevada, they moved to Oregon, like they're just moving like a little bit close uh, outside of the state, but still close to the state, and they know that they could get there if they needed to, or if, you know they had to go back and see family or whatever the case is. They're not that far. And then you have other people that are just moving like completely across the country just to get more more room, more land, right? All those things happening. But New York, I know, it's, is its own it's a, it's its own beast, right?
1: Yeah, it's a global city, and you know, the truth is there are still a lot of opportunities even in this pandemic. And from a real estate perspective, if you are able to afford um, New York this is a great time for, you know, purchasing. It is, you know, prices are very negotiable. If you have the money to buy, let's say like a four bedroom house or even a a house, a single family house, you can probably get a pretty good deal if you're in that market. Mm -hmm. And I also want to kind of shift people's perspective on the cost of New York. Uh, If you look at New York Historically, African-American people were brought here as property. There are still some um, historical buildings and places in New York City where we came here as property. Um, I know for a fact in Central Park, there's a certain area in Central Park that was an African-American community that got taken away by eminent domain. And if you think about that, we deserve to be here. Like, we deserve to be here, you know, and through some negotiation, we can figure out a way how to stay here because we rightfully belong right here. I mean, there hasn't a lot of historical content for African-American people. So I am a big fan of New York. I remember just watching Oprah's um, interview of Cicely Tyson, and she asked her, what brought you the most joy? And she said, my view from my home is Central Park because I'm overlooking Central Park. She said, when I was a young child, I used to look up at those buildings and I spent the last 35 years of my life looking over Central Park. It is, it is spectacular and breath- breathtaking. And as African-American people, I think we need to change our mind shift about the cost and think about, you know what? We deserve to live here. Absolutely. And there's enough money in this entire country for us to get it. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That's
0: I'm, I'm pro
1: New York. <laughs> I see. And that's and that's awesome, right? Like, as,
0: as you should be, to be honest, right? Like, it is a great place. It is a spectacular place to live. There is a ton of history there. It's a global city, right? Like, all of those things, it's 100% true. I'm curious, how competitive is the real estate market, like, the, as agents, as, right, like, being in the industry? How competitive is it? I think?
1: It's extremely competitive. I mean, like I've had, I've had transactions where I've had like two listing agents, like on my case, like, when is your body gonna close? And, you know, I remember one particular case, um, it was, um, it was actually in lower Manhattan. It was just a one bedroom, but they had mm-hmm. two listing agents and my client, he, he was using a mortgage. Um, I got him a lower ask because I always get my clients a lower ask. And, you know, he was getting a mortgage from Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo has all of these approvals and, you know, it takes time. And the listing, one listing agent kept saying, we're going to, you know, we're going to get another buyer. And at first I was a little nervous. I was like, I don't want that to happen. But then I realized, I'm like, all right, if you have a cash buyer, you still need to, it's still going to take you 45 days to close so we're already four weeks in so relax and then all of the you know all of the harassment stopped yeah you know because yeah cash flows is fast but i mean if if you were telling me that day 10 maybe i might really believe it but you know when i sat back i'm like wait a minute we're four weeks in already exactly like if you bring a cash buyer in you got to start all over again and it showed me that he really didn't have anybody. He was just trying to push my buttons. That's it. That's it. So You sniff that stuff out after a while. Right. And, you know, a lot of times you really have to think about it in those terms of, you know, unless they say something very specific about you personally, but you do have to think of transactions in terms of people are trying to get paid. Most people that are involved in this transaction are getting paid on full commission.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so it kind of it kind of feeds the monster sometimes absolutely absolutely yeah It, it
0: absolutely does right like on this side I told you I'm in financial services so in the financial advisor coaching right planner insurance investment side like same thing like super cutthroat at the end of the day like I have to make sure all of our agents know and all of our clients know like These are the things you need to know in case somebody comes to you, because inevitably somebody will come to you, try to get you in a new investment, try to change a policy, try to tell you you don't know what you have, because that's just the the mindset of the agents because they're commission-based, right? So they're trying to feed their family or do whatever they got to do. But I know- It's
1: capitalist at its finest. I mean, like, I think a lot of people forget we live in a capitalist society. So whoever does better gets the client. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it is just the way it is. It's, it's, it's good and bad. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say that you would enjoy it 10 plus years in the end, right? Like what had, what has been the biggest battle for you in the industry? What's been the biggest hurdle? Cause you're already naturally, like you said, you're already good at sales or like good at talking, right? You already like that stuff. You already like helping people. What was the hurdle for you in, in real estate?
1: That's an interesting question because I feel like there's several hurdles um, and I feel like I'm going through one now. Um, I did get the opportunity to do real estate full-times for two straight years. Um, at the time, I had a boyfriend that supported me. We lived together. He took over the living expenses, so I was able to focus on my business full-time. Yeah. And um, although it wasn't the financial success that I had hoped it to be, it did teach me a lot more. So now making this second transition, going back into it full time, I have much more experience, a better view, and I actually have my numbers like, what is, you know, what is my number to leave my nine to five job?
0: Yeah.
1: What, you know, what are the things that I need to consistently do to make sure that I have um, income? And then I've included a real estate blog, um, which is about, And a lot of people don't realize this, but New York is a huge college town. Lots of people come to New York just for school. Mm -hmm. So there are, and I've had a lot of clients, a lot of college students and parents. They're looking for an apartment, like four four girls or whatever. They're all looking for apartments Mm -hmm. and I help them find apartments. So I created a blog on how to find an affordable apartment in New York without paying the broker fee. Mm -hmm. Now, most people when they think about that broker fee, they're like, oh, I don't want to pay it. Mm -hmm. And and you know, when you think about it, when you step back, if you are moving to New York because of school or work, that is an expense that you can write off. If it's an employer, they potentially may reimburse you for it. I mean, I've I've had clients that, you know, they've gotten nice jobs. I had one gentleman actually, he got his dream job as a Facebook engineer. And part of the, part of his package was, was, was kind of um, moving expenses, which included me, like the company paid my fee. Wow. So, you know, that, that's great. So yeah. I o- yeah. I only really worked with rental clients now that are either college students or relocating, because that is the only time that fee, like my fee makes sense. Yeah. And plus it's great now that, they changed the rules in um, New York on the fee. So the maximum we can charge now is one month's rent because there was a time where we were able to charge up to 15%. Yeah. And I got to say, I did a couple of nice deals in that 15%. Sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I got a new car. It's a trip to Montreal. Yeah. I was like, and I knew a couple of other real estate colleagues that didn't do any sales. They just, they were just rental agents because you can live off rentals in New York. Yeah. Like when we were able to charge the 15%, you know, people were, you know, making their 100, 200 just on rentals. Wow. Yeah, because wow. I mean, like if you're charging 15% of yearly rent on 10 grand, 25 grand, you don't need to do no sales. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> wow, that's, and, and that's, diff, that's definitely unique, I think, to the New York market because, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania there aren't agents that want to do rentals off, right? Like they'll take oh. them, right? Like they'll yeah. take them, but like, they're not excited about it. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that's a big, that's a big difference, um, you know, market to market. I want to go back to one thing that, that you said though, because I think this will help people that are listening, especially people that are in the industry already, but still are trying to transition. That first time that you said you transitioned to full-time real estate, you said you learned some things. What did you learn specifically during that time that helped you understand for the next transition what to do or not to do?
1: <laughs> well, what I learned specifically with sales, because I before that, all of my real estate experience was in rentals. It was easy for me to do rentals. And I always recommend people starting out, do rentals first in New York because it's a much easier transaction. Um, really, when you look at Um, price per hour of your time, you do make more money doing rentals because it's a quicker transaction. However, sales is a longer transaction. It's more involved. You really have to, I wouldn't say you have to be a mortgage expert, but you do have to be an expert in the flow of the process. Um, What I did learn is you have to quarterback the entire process when you're doing sales. From when you start when you when you get the client and show them the properties, they make the offer. And actually, when they make the offer, and you put that offer in and it gets accepted, you know, things start to move pretty quickly. So you have to make sure, one, everything that's in your contract, you have enough time to get all of the approvals from the bank. You have to make sure that the client is, you know, putting that 10% or 3% or whatever that deposit is, you have to make sure whatever uh, approvals, approval deadlines that the bank has, that the seller has, you have to make sure all of those things are working together. Um, and sometimes can, things can go crazy. Um, I mean, I had situations where I had to go to property a property manager's office to look at um, condo meeting notes because the attorney said he wouldn't do it. Wow. And I just had to make sure. So you know, any and everything can, can go wrong or right. Um, and as far as banks, um, you have to really stay on top of the bank and see where the approval process is, because the bigger the bank, the longer that process will take. Um, small, smaller banks sometimes, and I've had really good um, situations with smaller banks, smaller banks sometimes don't need all of the heavy numbers for, let's say a co-op board that a Wells Fargo or a Citibank will need. So sometimes that's a way to get around around things. Got it. So I would say, I just learned a lot more, I I learned a lot more about the sales process in my, in my two years full time. And then I also learned a lot about different historical neighborhoods. That was the one thing I, you know, doing rentals, you really don't have to know that, but in sales, you do have to know historical neighborhoods because that can put a premium on an apartment or a house.
0: That's, that's big, right? And so that learning curve for you really, you know, stepping out, how did you learn all those things? Was it just like, as it came, you're like, oh, I really don't know. Like, did you get your first, right? Like listing or whatever. And you're just like, oh, I don't know half of the stuff. So I'm letting to learn. Do you have someone holding your hand through it? How did you actually learn that stuff?
1: Uh, It was a combination, like some transactions I learned through my broker um, that I was working with because um, he would take me out on listing appointments um, and I would learn a lot there. Um, I remember one thing in particular I learned about two things was exposure. Southern exposure is the best exposure and that's really all around. But in New York, there are laws called sun laws. That you have to pay a premium for an apartment or a house facing south because you get sun sun from sun sunrise to sunset. Yeah. And then, and I've never had to do this, but you can get a zoning analysis to make sure that uh, no developer has uh, development rights to build a building in front of you to take away your view. It's very expensive to do that. I mean, like that could be like just fifteen hundred dollars to do that, yeah. but you know, if you really want to make sure that you're always going to be guaranteed this view, you, can do that. Um, So some of it I learned from my broker, some of it I learned as things came up in, you know, some of the sales transaction. I remember I did a a transaction in Sunnyside, Queens and found this really cute co-op on the top floor. So it had a little bit of a city view and me and my client were just looking at the front of the building and this woman comes out and she's like, you don't want to move in here. This is a terrible building. And she said all kind of horrible things. And luckily, my client um, is an entrepreneur. And he was like, you know what, let's make the appointment. Let's see the apartment. And then we found out when we got closer to closing, that she was one of the board members. and She wanted to make sure that anybody moving into the building was going to pay. A, a certain price wow. but i was glad that my client didn't get freaked out about it yeah. and that's the benefit sometimes of dealing with other entrepreneurs like they expect something a little bit out of you know out of the box to happen
0: mm-hmm. we, we're always waiting for it because we right. know, we know right. that that's exactly. what's going to happen anyway right nothing right. just goes smoothly all the way to the end so you're exactly. just anticipating it so that's good. Do, do you have a specific niche? I know you said right rentals on the college side, um, but in the sales side, do you have a niche? Do you just work with entrepreneurs? Is there something that you look for?
1: No, I mean, right now, I mean, 2020 changed a lot for me. So um, 2020, like nothing happened for me in 2020. Um, so that was why my broker said, you know, maybe consider getting your license. And Newark, because you live there, you know you know the area, and it's having the same kind of renaissance that Brooklyn had, without moving everyone out. Sure. So it's more of an inclusive, it's a it's a more inclusive upgrade, I'll say. And um, it's a lot of great things happening out here. It is very investor friendly um, for almost anybody, I should say, because. You can get a, a, a let's say like a true family here in Newark, that's in pretty decent condition. Probably I want to say between three and five hundred, wherein is New York, three or five hundred dollars, you're you're really looking at a studio. Right. <laughs> and in Manhattan, maybe like a three hundred square foot commercial space. <laughs> so, you know, it depends on where you are price point. I mean, like if you are, you know, even if you are a um you know, you just happen to, to hit the lottery. Yeah. Like if you get the lottery for $25 million, you can, you could really do well in New York. You can get you a nice house in New yeah. York. Um, Cause you can come in and, you know, something can ask for $5 million. You're like, look, I'll give you three right. and they probably will take it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that is a deal. That's yeah. a deal right now. That's a really good deal. Like when you think of it, that's more, that's almost more than 50% off the price. Yeah absolutely so it's just when you think of price you have to think of terms of percentages sometimes like all right so i have this amount of money like can i get it down like 60 percent and if you got enough cash in it you can't yeah. but new new work is you know i would say more acceptable for all different price points right.
0: makes sense it makes yes. sense but you know uh, for people that are that that are listening right now, you can see that this is these are market specific things. Like that's why it's so important to work with a good you know real estate professional that knows your market, that understands kind of what's happening, um, so that you're getting the best deals. You're doing right. You're you're buying the best location or whatever the case is, depending on what you're doing. So right. Um,
1: that that's probably where I'm leaning more toward for a target in Newark. It's probably investment um, yeah. because there are, they, they're still really building up the infrastructure here in Newark. Um, but there are there are some really great places to live um, in Newark. It's just a matter of you know what you want to do because right. you almost have to think in terms of kind of rebuilding or changing a structure here in Newark they're not, there are apartment buildings, but they're not a lot of condos. I mean, it's very few condos. And I found out the reason why is the govern, the, the state doesn't give the developers incentives to do condos. Mm. And I wow. really feel like that should change because there's, there could be such an exodus from, there is an exodus from New York to New Jersey. Right. I know this the town next to us, which is Harrison, they pretty much rebuilt that town just off of that 20 minute ride from New York to New Jersey. And yeah. now it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's full, flooded with New Yorkers. I mean, main, it's mainly um, rentals, but I feel like there's enough small like townhouses nearby for people to consider. So hopefully in some coming years, you know, they start to see the demand for yeah. condos in Newark and they start to do something about it. But like I said, you know you can get a, you know, you can get like a two family, three, four family, and you can do some amazing things, you know, if you really want to put the time and energy and it's you know it's a much more affordable process. I mean, it's more time consuming, but it's right. a much more affordable process. And at the end, you can really end up with a nice product, um, you know, build your family wealth, have some immediate additional income you definitely have a lot of uh, tax write-offs you can consider. Absolutely. Absolutely. I,
0: I always encourage right All our clients, the people that we talk to, like real estate as an asset class, like as if you're investing in real estate, one of the greatest asset classes, right? Just from all those things that you, you just said, right? The wealth building aspect, the, the, the appreciation, the, mm-hmm. de- the depreciation on your taxes, right? right? Like right. The, whole, the whole nine, it's just a great, Uh, asset class to be able to invest in and now we're seeing that things are popping up and people are becoming more savvy to getting second homes or right getting the duplex or you know multiple doors so that they can create this um, cash flowing asset and so we're seeing this happen all over Um, and now you're talking about just another part of the country in Newark where it's going to be probably again people are going to come in there's going to be tons of investment opportunities uh, and a way to build wealth and really make some money for you and your family. So that's you know, those are the things that I always want, especially the listeners to pay attention to. It's like, hey, where where are the white spaces in the industry? You know, what is it that you know we we're moving towards? And as we wrap up, this will be like my last question for you. where Where do you think the industry is headed? Where do you what are you seeing? if I say fast forward to 2022, twenty twenty three, where are we as a society, as a market when it comes to real estate?
1: That's very interesting. Um, I definitely see um, in Newark a lot of appreciation just Mm. because there's so much opportunity out here from a real estate perspective. Um, And the city of Newark as a whole is doing a lot to include uh, the residents. They just um, created a um, real estate bank, a land bank. So you can go in and, you know, the city still owns a lot of property and land. You can go in and say, hey, I, I see, you know, you got a plot of land here. And it's already most of it is zoned, is of course, residential. Um, I think you can probably get away with some lip work spaces because, you know, if it's mostly residential, you can have a little bit of commercial, but you can't do it the other way around. Right. And, um, you know they're willing to to work with the residents to do that. And uh, of course, there's all kinds of programs out here in Newark uh, for people, you know, to buy homes. You don't have to, you don't have to be a millionaire right. to uh, buy a home. Honestly, I feel like the less you have, the more help you can get sometimes.
0: Very true. It's very yeah. true. They're making it very, very, they're going to make it easier and easier for us to be able to buy homes, right? They're going to make it right. easier and easier for people to be able to purchase and you know, go down that process, the, the home buying process really does, and, you know, banks, banks run off of mortgages, right? The government needs the tax dollars, like all of it helps our economy, helps our, you know, us run this society. Um, so they're going to make it easier and easier for people to get it. And yet people that are maybe not in the, you know, the best you know, financial, I guess, you know, well-being, I guess, you know, they're still going to have the opportunity to purchase a home and start to create some wealth and build wealth. So that's why it's just important to get educated during during these times, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look at the current administration, they're trying to really do some some things about systemic racism. Mm -hmm. And then there's also always going to be a lot of opportunities for first time home buyers, no matter, you know, what, what age, what income bracket you are. If you're a first-time homebuyer, there's like a ton of programs for first-time homebuyers. So there's really a lot of opportunity. It's just sometimes I feel like you have to just widen your view and say, all right, this is what I have. And I and I feel like it's the wonderful thing about social media because it lets you see a lot of what's out there because, you know, even though social media does have some bad connotation, I feel like you have control over your timeline, who you follow, what's coming in. So if you're following the right um, people, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, like a CNN, but, you know, follow your, you know, your government, your local government, you know, and then Instagram will give you all of the like people under that. So you start to follow people you know, that are giving out information. There are, there's so much information. Sometimes it's overwhelming. And a lot of times it doesn't get advertised. Just really quickly. I had owed the IRS government a huge amount of money. I took out my 401k. I didn't know that that was a tax, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I took the money out and I ended up owing like something like $30,000. And I was like, oh crap, I'm not going to be able to pay that. So I found a tax attorney and he told me about this offering compromise and I looked it up and I was like, woo! and it's public, but it doesn't get advertised. It right. doesn't get advertised. So sometimes it just requires just a little research. Like if you just go on like your local government's website and look under housing, you'd be surprised how much information you can find. Like my current apartment now, I found it on newjersey.gov. Like that's where I found, I didn't, you know, I mean, I looked at Craigslist and all the other went hot, but I found this on up Like it's unbelievable how much information is out there. So sometimes you just have to take a non-traditional look.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you're hundred percent right on that. And I try to preach this message. And for anyone that's a self-starter and wants to get going, like there's all the information you need is out there. YouTube University is amazing. You'll find all the different mm-hmm. websites where you can find things. And the important part was one of the things that you did is after you got a little bit of information, you sought a professional though. You got the tax attorney and then the tax attorney gave you more information to point you in the right direction. And that's when it clicked. That's what I think is needed right now. My thesis, like being in financial services, you being in the real estate side, there's all this information out there about money, about how to do it. But now what we're doing is we're lacking some guidance. We're lacking some wisdom because there's actually... Too much information, it right? Is. There's it too is. much because everyone has a voice, everyone can say so. Now it just is like you said, it's overwhelming when you start going down the process because this website takes you to this website, that contradicted that. Your cousin told you this, but this right says this, right? right? And right, now right. you have no idea, and then analysis paralysis, then you just don't do anything, right? right. So, finding that professional in what you're looking for is going to be so key. Yes, you can get the information but then the professional is going to be able to guide you how to use that information properly in order to get to where you want to be. So that's a huge point.
1: Huge yeah. Point. Cause I mean, oftentimes most professionals will give you a free consultation and Absolutely. honestly, you can get a lot of information out of that free consultation. If you, come to you them. Can move forward or not. And, exactly. you know, like, depending on, on, on your, on, on your situation, you know, the other party might get paid through the other party. I mean, so
0: once you have the the information, you can then just go take it to someone and be like, hey, what do I do with this? And like you said, most people will give you a free consultation. You'll get a free 15 or 30 minutes or 45 Mm -hmm. minutes. And if you come with questions and you come with research and you've already done the work and that's not your first step thinking they're going to give you everything you need, you can actually utilize those consultations and Mm -hmm. things to get where you need to be you might not even have to pay them, right? I I always advocate like you should pay for a good service, but at the end of the day, you might not have to if you just get the information beforehand, go to them, cross-reference, and then they can guide you down the right path, you know?
1: Right, right. And I do try to, you know, know, sometimes when I have enough free time or for people like a free 15 or 30-minute chat with me just to find out like, you know, what do I need to do? Because sometimes... A lot of people get so overwhelmed with the real estate process, you know, because they think, oh, I don't have enough money or I only have like, you know, $200,000. I won't be able to do anything with that. But you know what? You may you may be able to do something with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and then there's always ways of fixing everything you can have. You can have a 500 credit score. You know, we can get you with a a credit person. We can figure out exactly what needs to be fixed, because it's not always about getting everything to zero because sometimes that's bad. (laughs) exactly people don't even know that side of things on the credit side right right, like maybe it's not it's not the best
0: thing to always pay everything off sometimes it's right Might just want to pick up some extra trade lines or something like that exactly right exactly
1: exactly that's
0: awesome that's awesome uh wrapping up where where can people find you because obviously sharon you got a wealth of knowledge you're in obviously in the new york new jersey area and um people can come see you people should go see you and get that 15-minute consultation or just a phone call or just reach
1: out and see what what you have going on. So where where can people find you? Uh, Well, I'm definitely on Instagram. It's Sharon Nikki and that's S-H-A-R-O-N-N-I-C-K-E-Y. And people can call me. My phone number is 917-407-7789. Texting is my friend. So I'm really okay with text. You can call, um, but texting is good. And you can send me an email. It's Sharon at Crum Real Estate. And Crum is C-R-U-M realestate.com. So those are the main main places to find you. Awesome. We'll link it up in the show notes. So for those of you
0: listening, you can click there and just get a chance to reach out to Sharon. Because like I said, and what you've heard already is that she has a wealth of knowledge. She understands her market. She understands how to help you get to where you want to be, whether that's rental, whether that's selling. Whatever it is, if you're going to be on the investing side, obviously she'll be able to help. So um, reach out to her, guys. Reach out to her, Sharon. I appreciate you taking the time today. It's been awesome. We had a great conversation, and uh, know that I'm here, I'm around. So anything that you need or any of your clients need, we're here to make sure. Like like we said, kind of going into this, that we're just helping each other out, continuing to grow, continuing to get the message out there, and really just give people the value that they need. So thank you so much for for taking your time to jump on today.
1: Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. I love Absolutely. talking. So <laughs>
0: Absolutely. maybe we'll have you back on on another season and give you another chance to talk. Yeah. That, right? that, yeah.
1: After I get my real estate license, maybe we can do an update in like a year, like how go. how's it going?
0: That might be, matter of fact, that's a plan, right? We're going to do it. We're going to make yeah. that happen next year. Definitely. We'll jump in and do like an update of where you're at and what you've learned through this, uh, through this 2021 time. Okay
1: exactly all right well thank you so much again chris
0: pleasure is mine and again for everyone that's listening we're signing off for another week of property players guys go out there stay well be blessed we'll talk soon all right thank you